This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Ghana, voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Just keep in the middle of the road. Children keep in the middle of the road. Children keep in the middle of the road. Don't you look to the right? Don't you look to the left? Just keep in the middle of the road. In the middle of the road. In the middle of the road. I hear those angels are calling loud. Keep in the middle of the road. It's a waiting. See them standing round the big white gate We must travel along before it gets too late Cause it ain't no use for to sit down and wait Just keep in the middle of the road And children keep in the middle of the road Children keep in the middle of the road Don't you look to the right just keep in the middle of the road, in the middle of the road, in the middle of the road. I ain't got time for the stop and talk. Keep in the middle of the road. For the road is rough and it's hard for to walk. Keep in the middle of the road. Hello friend, you're welcome to Reflections for today. Today's nugget is titled, Honestly Mistaken. Honestly Mistaken. Honest mistakes are almost inevitable in the quest for truth, innovation and change. Those who've never made mistakes are those who've greatly accomplished nothing. Though costly, we shouldn't be discouraged by mistakes because mistakes afford an opportunity to learn and grow. They keep us humble and enable us to see reality and ourselves more clearly. Most Mistakes can be forgiven and corrected, provided we will humbly submit to the truth. Our response to truth reveals whether we are really honest or are frankly misguided, stupid, and deluded. For when truth is presented to the honestly mistaken, they either cease to be mistaken or cease to be honest. This is written by Dr. Samuel Cranty Pipim. And for more nuggets written by Dr. Pipim, you can visit eaglesonline.org and click on Weekly Thoughts Nuggets. I am Margaret Abebrese. Thank you.
Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Note down this quotation and read afterwards. That is Psalm 139. Read from chapter 1 to the last verse. The verse 1 to 24. Examine yourself. Sometimes our sins can block answers to prayer. Let the prayer of the psalmist be one of yours. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Remember, God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. God knows us. God is with us. And His greatest gift is to allow us to know Him. He is ready to search you. Examine yourself. And if you cannot find anything, ask God to search yourself. And then, ask Him for forgiveness so that your prayers will be answered. God bless you. I am Belle Dollarville. in Christ. The good Lord has blessed us once again for giving us the grace to be here to share this wonderful message with you. May his name be praised and adored. Amen. Today's lesson is captioned from Saul to Paul and it is our daily devotional series. I am Sandra Ahia and with me here is our own Pastor William Opondankwa. Please you are welcome. Thank you. Before we get through this lesson, let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through to 22. And as our pastor takes us through, we will take a look at our memory verse and the cause of the lesson. So, today we are looking at from Saul to Paul. So, we are looking at the call of Paul into ministry. His conversion, where he met Jesus Christ on the road. And we could see this was experience Paul went through. And the Bible tells us Paul went to the high priest for permission so that he will go to damascus so on his way to damascus all the christians there his plan was he would get them bring them to jerusalem and they will face the full law that was what he had in mind so his was to distract these christians on his way jesus met him i want us to look at how this experience happened we are looking at us chapter 9 we'll read from verse 2 downwards we are not reading up to the 22 let's read and see what acts chapter 9 verse 2 
and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus. Acts chapter 9 verse 2. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. So let's pause here. This is the experience. He saw a light, and God said, Why are you persecuting me? Paul then, later on in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 26, 16 to 18, Paul related what actually Jesus said to him again. After telling him, why are you persecuting me? Let's go to Acts chapter 26, 16 to 18. Paul, in his accounts, he himself said what Jesus said to him. In verse 16 through to 18, Acts 26. Acts chapter 26, verse 16 through to 18. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. Right here, Jesus said, I've appointed you. I'm making you a minister. I'm making you a missionary. So there, the place where he had his conversion, God gave him his mandate. This is the work I'm giving unto you. So that's what he experienced. It was a great experience he went through. And right and then, God gave him his mandate. What he has to do, actually, God gave him that work he should be doing. That was the call of Paul. God first let him know what he was doing was wrong. And there, God, after him converting, accepting Jesus, God gave him his mandate right then that I want you to be a missionary to the Gentiles. So God gave him that work. And Paul could not have preached or taught what he did without him not having knowledge or has gone through an experience. Jesus took him through this experience so that he would really understand his core duty. So through what he had seen and his experience with Jesus, he was able to use this same zeal, direct it for the cause of God. That's how Paul was called. And let's look again, what was he supposed to do? After God called him, what was to be his achievement? In verse 18, God told him, everything, if you are to do this on your way, if you are to go about this business I'm giving to you, this is what you'll be doing. So God did not just call Paul and tell him, go to the Gentiles and preach. He was to use Paul in doing these things, first of all, to open people's eyes. That's what was the first thing God wanted to use Paul to accomplish. Make God and Jesus real, present, active, and appealing. He was to make Jesus appealing to the Gentiles and also God so that these Gentiles will get to know the true God we are worshipping. That was the first thing he was to do. Open their eyes and let them know that, of course, we've been living in darkness. This is the right will. Let's follow this suit. And if we are to go this direction, we will gain salvation. So it's fair work was to make God as appealing. Also, we should note that God has called us to be missionary, to make him appealing. And making, making God appealing, making people buy this God we are worshipping, our character will also count. And that of Paul's character was also important. 
God does not just call us, go and preach the word anyhow and come. We are to open people's eyes. That's the core duty God has called us to do. And there we are to let people know actually the God we are worshipping. What we've seen from this God. Let them people know that of course what you are holding on is not good. Come and buy this product. That is our work as missionary. We should sell the product we are holding. And the product we are holding is Jesus Christ. That was the first work Paul was to do. And we are to do the same. Sell Jesus Christ. Make, make him attractive. So that the whole world will know that, of course, this is the way we ought to go. That was the first work God gave to Paul. Secondly, he was moved from darkness to 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 light ignorance to knowledge many people are living in darkness we are to point them to the light that's the second work god has called us to do and that's what he he gave to paul thirdly paul was to turn from the power of satan to god people when and people were in bondage they were like slaves paul through the power of jesus christ is to release them to god people a lot of people are living in bondage they are living under the power of satan they try to come out of the sin, but they are still in it god has called us to let them know this freedom we have in jesus christ release them from this chains so that they will see that of course we can live the life that counts and that life that counts is we dedicating our life to jesus christ that is the work god gave to paul and god has given us the same work to do god has given us a mandate he has given us a commission a work to do the question is do we ourselves even know this god do we have any any experience with this god get to know jesus have time with with your bible pray build that connection with jesus let people know the god we are worshiping that is our core duty as children of god is to present the gospel message there are a lot of people who are blind and sin some are living in darkness they don't know this god ours is to present him to the world think through it and avail yourself god will use you mightily amen amen stay blessed any inquiries or contribution you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595 Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. Take a little time to talk to the Lord. Take a little time to talk. Oh, 
Welcome to the moment of truth. We are continuing our lecture series, which we have captioned Hope for the Dead Dog. And uh, we looked at, in our last presentation, uh, the fact that grace was extended to Mephibosheth, who was in a deplorable condition, who had come from a destitute family, a dome family, and of course, a disgraced family. Today we are looking at the fact that grace was not just extended to this man, but it was expanded in his life. And we are focusing on verses 9 uh, through verse 13 of First uh, Samuel or Second Samuel uh, chapter 9. The first thing here is that hope was provided for him. This grace provided a family. But first, it provided a future. In Lodibar, Mephibosheth had nothing. He was poor. He was an outcast. He was a fugitive. He had no hope and no prospects for his future. All he had was a pair of crutches and little more. But when he met Grace, everything changed. All of his present needs were met and his future was secured. Grace gave him something he never could have had in Lodibar. Grace gave him a future. Grace gave him the plenty of the king. The same is true with the Hemo family. In Adam, our Lodibar, we had nothing. We were lost, undone, and headed to hell. We were outcast and fugitive, running for our lives from a holy God who possessed the right and the power to send us to a lost eternity. But when grace was extended and embraced, everything changed. What sin could never give us because of our sin or because of our rebellion, Jesus has given it it to us. For the first time, there was hope for the future in the life of this crippled and this good-for-nothing fugitive. This is, is, is very true with the human family, my friend. Grace, the grace of God, provides for us 
the promise of security. John chapter 6, verse 37 to 40. John chapter 10, verse 28. We see that we are promised security in Christ. We are also promised a home in heaven. John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. We are promised that our needs will be met. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. We are also promised that we will be preserved in the presence of the Lord until we are taken home to heaven. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hope did not only provide a future, it also provided a family. Mephibosheth was adopted out of Saul's family and into David's. Grace gave him something that he did not have before. It was extended to him. Grace gave him a family. Every day he lives, Mephibosheth was reminded by his surroundings and by the presence of the king that he was the recipient of grace. He was a recipient of grace because the king had extended grace to him. When a sinner responds to the call of grace and is saved, that sinner is immediately adopted into the family of God. Thanks be to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. He is taken out of Adam, that doomed race, and is placed into Christ, that glorious race. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Hope also provided fulfillment. Hope provided fulfillment. According to verse 13. Mephibosheth was a nobody in a house of four that was full of somebodies. There was Absalom, people of uh, David's house. You know, Absalom was perfect and he was handsome. There were David's other sons. There were David's beautiful wives and daughters. There was Joab the general, proud and strong. There were princes and princesses, soldiers and statesmen, men of wealth and men of power. All of these took their place at the table of King David. But wait a minute. As the family gathers, Mephibosheth takes his place at the king's table with all the rights and the privilege as the rest. Then, when he takes his seat and the tablecloth falls across his legs, he looks just like the rest. Grace took a nobody from nowhere and made him a child of the king. Mephibosheth means out of the mouth of shame, the shameful thing. And a place he came from, Lodiba, it means a place of no pasture. The house he came from, the house of Micah, it means the sold one. He had come from a deplorable condition, a destitute family, a disgraced family, a degenerate family, a doomed family. But grace had brought him to the place of abundance. Thanks be to God. Grace was extended. Grace was expanded. But grace was also embraced. From verse 6 to verse 8, we see that grace was embraced. Mephibosheth embraced the grace of God. If you read verse 6, he embraced this grace of a humble heart. When Mephibosheth comes into David's presence, he is aware that as a descendant of Saul, he deserved nothing but judgment from the king. Therefore, he humbles himself in the presence of David. He received the grace of God with a humble heart. My friend, we ought to be humble because the grace that God extends to us is not a thing that we deserve. Let us receive it with a humble heart. Second, he received it with a happy heart. If you read verse 6b and verse 7, 
Mephibosheth received the grace of David with a happy heart. Instead of judgment, Mephibosheth experiences tenderness. He hears David call his name. And then, to his amazement, he hears David speak peace to his heart. He hears the king as he promises him restoration of all the wealth and the glory that once belonged to the family of Saul. Then the icing on the cake, David promises to give Mephibosheth a place at the king's table. It is with happy heart that Mephibosheth embraces the treasures of grace. He received it with a happy heart. Third, he received the grace of God with a earnest heart, a very earnest heart. Mephibosheth is overwhelmed by the grace he had received. He acknowledges that he is undeserving of such love and mercy. Grace had been extended to him. Grace had then expanded in his life and he embraced this grace and nothing will ever be the same again in the life of Mephibosheth. His life was transformed from a fugitive, a useless person, a good-for-nothing specimen to one who had become the recipient of the abundant and glorious grace of the Lord. It say your pleasure today. It say your will today to receive this grace, this amazing grace that the Lord has extended to us. If it is your desire, come with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this moment for the privilege that you have given us to be involved in the moment of truth. To open our eyes to behold wondrous and glorious things in your inerrant and infallible word. Gracious Father, as this grace has been extended to us and expanded in our lives, help us to embrace it with a humble heart, a happy heart, and a honest heart. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being our God and for hearing us. In the almighty name of Jesus, may God bless and guide and keep you, friend. My name is Gemini G. Gete. God bless you. Amen. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>